We are at a fascinating juncture in recent Vikings history. They come off a 13-win season. They have devastating injuries. They fall to the bottom of the division. They have complete uncertainty at quarterback. They have complete uncertainty with their best defensive player. They haven't gotten a long-term deal done with their best player, their superstar, and a lot of their roster limitations showed up in a big way in the last month of the season. So where do you want to go with this, John? Uh, Last half is empty. They can put it back together, and if they get the right quarterback, they can go right back to winning. Uh, Or should they be fearful of what's around the corner? Or would it be better if they just finally rebuild? Because my wife, so many Viking fans, they're just tired of kind of hanging around the middle. They want the team to either be great or just to start completely over and take a shot at a young quarterback. I'm kind of a belt and suspenders person. I would like to see Cousins and a young quarterback and try to win now and have a future. Where do you stand on all this? Yeah, it's, you know, I thought you wrote a good piece on Sunday, kind of before the game about how, you know, the interesting dynamic where there are real reasons the Vikings struggled this year that are kind of out of their control with the injuries that they suffered. And, but it it really did seem like despite there's the Vikings still having mathematical chance at the playoffs and all this, uh, that the fan base was kind of just done with it. Just we're sick and tired of, you know, winning, uh, being in the mix for the division and then hoping and praying that you get the right matchup in the playoffs and, and, and you can go, go forward. Um, and, and I think that to me, when I look at it, it's, it is a complicated situation because I honestly do think that probably the best path forward for this team is to rebuild um, and try to restock the talent from top to bottom over the next two years to get back to a point where you can not just go try and win 10, 11, 12 games, and then win a playoff game, but where you can hopefully construct a younger, more dynamic, more um, talented roster that can go to an NFC title game that could compete for a Super Bowl. Um, and that the years of trying to just be good uh, have caught up to this team. So I've thought all about that, and I think that might be the best path forward. But you have one of the very best players in the league just starting to enter his prime in Justin Jefferson. So if you were to go that way, what does that mean for Jefferson? And how do you handle that whole scenario? And that's what complicates this thing because I don't see how you just break it down to the studs and say, hey, Justin, yep, just bear with us for the next couple of years. You know, in two to three years, we'll be back to a place where you're competing for deep playoff runs. Uh, but just go out there and get a bunch of yards and catches right now and see how that goes. He doesn't want to do that. And and he is such a, a face of the league type of a player that I do think you have to take that into account when you're making that decision. So I think there's it's really thorny right now as, as Quasio Delphamensa and Kevin O'Connell go into this offseason and try and chart a course because there are conflicting things at play that deserve real consideration here no doubt uh, tough decisions ahead this is the viking update show he's john krasinski from the athletic i'm jim suhan from the star tribune brandon morton is our producer as he has been forever 
this is TalkNorth.com, best way to listen to this show or any show you like at the network. Subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studios. We want to thank Aquarius, Twill in the Dining Galleria, TSR Injury Law, and Tuttles. Uh, thanks to everyone who's made the network a success. We do appreciate it. You might also be interested in Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. He's the former Vikings general manager. And Don Mitchell's Dawn of Sports, which uh, delves into everything from Vikings to the PWHL. And we've had just incredible guests, including Chad Greenway and Brian Robison on that show and Mike Tirico. Uh, check it all out and thank you. I guess I, I am uh, – Viewing it somewhat selfishly. I think all fans view things somewhat selfishly, and writers do too. And I don't want to see a complete rebuild. I just don't want to go to U.S. Bank Stadium with them having no chance to win and staring at a 3-13, and 4-13 and 13 season and hoping that draft, drafts work out well. Uh, so I want the belt and suspenders. I want Cousins back on as reasonable a deal as he will give you, and I want them to draft their future quarterback, and I want them to just see where they can go. And I acknowledge that that – might mean more average to mediocre to pretty good performances and might not guarantee uh, being great at any point. But I also, I just feel like it's such a lottery with young quarterbacks that, yeah, I'd love to see CJ Stroud out there, but you might not get CJ Stroud. You might get Christian Ponder. Well, and, and, and it seems like Jim, that that sort of plan, which I, I actually, would be very intrigued by cousins coming back on a short-term deal and then um, drafting some, uh, you know, somebody in first, second round and trying to develop them. Uh, I think that's very realistic and doable after what we heard Kirk cousins talk about this week, right? Like yep. he yep. was very much making it clear that money is not going to be the driving factor in how he determines where he's going to go the next couple of years for probably for the end of his career, he's made enough money. He's done it. There have been plenty of times in Kirk cousins career where the, the contract superseded anything else that was going on with his situation. And he maybe as well as any player in the, in NFL history has leveraged his situation to make the most money possible. Great on him awesome job. It's a very hard path that he took and he did it and he came out on the other side, you know, wealthier than he could have ever imagined. So because he's done all that, because he did that hard work earlier and went through the franchise take situation in, in Washington and did, and did the whole thing. Um, he has set himself up to make decisions based more on um, other factors than the money. And so when you look around the league, you know, I, to me, it feels like there's two things that he can do. He can either take, he can either stay here with a coach he knows and really respects and works well with in a system that he likes, um, in a city that he and his family have gotten very comfortable in, and he maybe takes a little less money, um, a little shorter deal to do that, or he can go try to chase a ring somewhere else. And I don't know that there's going to be a quarterback opening with another team um, that really kind of gives him a true clear path to a Super Bowl and that that is going to be overwhelming for him to to make that decision and and do that instead. And so I think he's open to not absolutely breaking the bank here in Minnesota to stay here. 
And so you do that, get Cousins locked up. Then you can give Jefferson some sort of hope that the offense is going to have a chance next season. And you draft a player because, um, you know, you're not picking in the top three where you can say, we're definitely going to take a guy who is ready to start right from from week one and go with it you can take a player you can sit him down you can let him learn from Kirk Cousins learn the league for a year or two and then take over and be in a better position to be successful over the long haul than if you just thrust him right into that so that part of it I love I love that idea the question then becomes can Kwesi Adafo-Mensa do enough in the draft and in free agency elsewhere to plug the numerous holes around this roster and, and, and at least get them up to competency um, in so many other spots to, to, to make that worth their while? That's what I'm not sure about. Right. And I think one thing we learned this year is that this, this offense is not easy to run. But if you run it well, there are open receivers all over the field. Yes. Uh, and we even saw watching, you know, one of the gifts of covering games live and sitting in a high press box is you can see routes developing, see who's actually open, who the quarterback missed, who he could, could have gone to. And my God, there's always somebody open. And Jefferson, it doesn't matter how many bodies they throw at him, he ends up being open. Hawkinson's always open. This offense works. Jefferson is phenomenal. Addison had a very good rookie year, even with some bumps, typical rookie bumps. The, the totals, very good for a rookie. Uh, Hawkinson is at the top, you know, top four or five tight end, pass catching tight ends in the league. Um, you know, this, this offense works if the quarterback can play it. So I could see them going right back to being a really good offensive team next year. Defense is where you don't know how are they going to do it. I mean, the, the 2020 drafts and the 2022 drafts, just kill them in terms of rebuilding the defense. They were for the 10 games in the middle of this schedule, they had like the number one rated defense by some metrics uh, when they had, you know, Byron Murphy healthy, when uh, Hunter was playing at his best, when DJ Wanham was providing a pass rush. Uh, and then they completely fell out part at the end, which just tells you how bad the personnel is that, that this def- we know this defense works and yet they couldn't hold it together at the end w- when they lost their one veteran cornerback. Yeah, and um, you know, real quickly on the offense again, yeah. another reason, another reason to not expect that if you draft a rookie, even if you're picking number one overall, that that person would be ready to run this offense in week one. I do mm-hmm. think that um, the more time you can give a young player to learn it, to be around it, to run a couple of preseasons with it, to have that, that gives a chance because you're right. What we did learn in this last stretch of games is that not just anybody can run this thing. And, and so um, it would absolutely behoove the Vikings to not have to thrust a young quarterback into this situation and run something that clearly is exotic and complicated and has a lot of reads and puts a lot of stress and pressure on the decision-making of the quarterback. So um, a, a vote there for that. Um, and then, yeah, defensively, it, you look at what, what we don't know what's going to happen with Daniel Hunter, Harrison Smith, even if he does come back, he is not Harrison Smith anymore. Like that's, you, you are not building a defense around him like you once did. Um, so you need, 
you need impact pass rushers. You need impact cover guys on the uh, on the outside because Murphy's a nice player. Maybe Blackman turns into that, but all, uh, otherwise you got you have nothing for in the defensive backfield. What happens with Jordan Hicks um, in terms of, and how do you get playmakers at linebacker? They have problems and needs at every single level of that defense. And it was one thing to ask Brian Flores to pull a rabbit out of a hat for a stretch of games within a season, but it would be, um, it would be malpractice to ask him to do that again for a full season. I, they have to find a way to upgrade the talent significantly. But the problem is, is they have so many areas that needed to be upgraded. That is that, going to be within the realm of reality to accomplish in one off season draft and free agency. I don't know. I have some doubts about that, but at least they, they, they have to start and hit on somebody um, to get going here because they have had precious few real hits um, on the defensive side of the ball that weren't, that they did not inherit already. Yep, seen in Booth, those two picks just are, are just haunt them. Absolutely Caleb Evans them. doesn't look like it, right? Caleb uh, Evans fell apart at the end of the season. Uh, I thought he was going to be a player, and he looked like he couldn't play at all at the end. Uh, and it, 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 and here's the thing: Smith talked on Sunday in the locker room like he is going to retire. Now, maybe mm-hmm. you know he, he doesn't have to. He can yep. regroup and get healthy and decide he wants to come back. Uh, but he doesn't sound like he is into it anymore. <laughs> it wasn't at the last day. And then Daniel Hunter. Daniel Hunter said all the right things. Uh, he said, you know, this is all I know and, you know, I, I want to be here and all that. But the reality is he grew up in Jamaica. He lives in Houston. Uh, he feels like the Vikings, you know, and this is me reading between the lines, he feels like the Vikings have never prioritized him, even though he's been one of the best defensive players in the league. I think he's a little upset about that. It would just be so easy for him to go play for Houston or Dallas or or. Jacksonville and be in warm weather and be closer to home and and get away from this organization. And so if you're without Smith isn't Smith anymore, but at least he can play the position. Hunter is by far your best defensive player and basically your entire pass rush. And if you go without those guys and you have weaknesses in the secondary, I don't know how the, I don't know how even Flores holds this together. Yeah. And and here's here's where um, some I, I think there's some potential for things for chickens to come home to roost and i'll tell you both ways first with daniel hunter the contract negotiations with him of the past couple of them have not been amicable have not been easy um and whether that is totally daniel hunter's fault whether he was completely unreasonable with what he wanted or not or whether it was the vikings kind of digging their heels in and making things tougher on him um that is a problem there is not, I, I do not get the sense that there is a connection between player and organization that allows you to navigate and say, hey, Daniil, um, work with us here. Like, let's figure this out together. And you you really want to be here. We want you here. Um, let's, let's, let's figure it out. I still think that there are some hard feelings with how the last couple of negotiations have gone for him. And that could push him out the door because he's a 16 and a half sack guy and he's going to have a market out there from a playoff team that needs pass rush help. And he's going to have a chance to go somewhere that can win and get a good chunk of money. And, um, and so 
Will he be able to turn that down? The other one that I very much am concerned about is you were there, Jim. You saw how frustrated Justin Jefferson was on the sideline as it was going on. And we talked about this. I remember this conversation on the show this summer when it was clear that the they were not going to get a deal done with him for an extension. And I said at the time, and you said at the time we talked about it, what if things go poorly this year? What if something happens because the NFL is so unpredictable, whether it's injuries, whether it's backslides, whether it's anything, what if something happens that puts doubt in the back of Justin Jefferson's mind that this is the organization that he can be successful with over the long haul. And that was playing out in front of our faces in Detroit at the end of the season when he looked around at the talent around him, at the problems at quarterback, at everything, and there was clear frustration with it. And so that was always the risk of the Vikings playing hardball with a player that has all of the leverage that um, can do that, that can go wherever he wants, that can, that can command as much money as he wants to me, the move back then, and this is not second guessing because I said it at the time, just pay him, just get him there, get him under contract. I know you have the franchise tag going forward. I know there are mechanisms that you can, kind of exert to keep him in purple, but that's not the ideal situation where you're forcing someone to stay or that you are exerting your will on him that way. Like it should be complete confidence between one of the very brightest stars in this league and this organization. And I think it was a real mistake for the Vikings not to get something done with Jefferson last summer, last training camp, so that all of that is behind us. Now, because of all of the mess of this season, um, anything can happen going forward for the long haul. I'm not talking for the next year or two. I'm talking for the next five years. Like, like they have some work to do to get it back to a point where, hey, Justin, you can be here and you can have a great career here and you can put up a lot of numbers, but you can also win Super Bowls here. And 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 so I think from a, Worst case scenario standpoint, we saw that play out with how this thing went this season for Justin Jefferson. Yep. And I talked to Jefferson after the game with everybody else, and he was very diplomatic. Uh, He had calmed down by that point, but he was very frustrated on the sideline. Uh, (laughs) It's going to be fascinating. One of the interesting aspects of this, and I get this, you know, one of the reasons we love having Jeff Diamond on the network is I can talk to him about how the salary cap, how negotiations work, how you can move money around. And he actually said, that bringing Cousins back could be a an asset because you can structure his contract if he's amenable uh, in a way that actually clears salary cap space for Jefferson's deal and maybe clears space for Hunter if you think you can get him back. So this is a very ominous time. It actually could work out, but it's going to it's a lot of it's going to come down to personalities and attitudes. You know what is Cousins willing to do? Is Jefferson committed to being here, or is he starting to look around? Uh, it's and and does Hunter absolutely want out, or is there a way to get him back? Those are like might be the three most important players, and we don't know what their futures hold. It's going to be fascinating. Um, also, 
They need when next time they sign a an edge rusher, either to take over for Hunter or complement Hunter, it's got to be better than Marcus Davenport. He he killed them. Yeah, I mean, and and that was another one where it's just like it's not hindsight because you looked at the injury history, you looked at the productivity, and you looked and you're just like. Boy, if it works out, it's it's actually going to be a surprise. Like that's where I yep. was at when yep. when it came in, and like it's it's just like the Twins signing a starting pitcher who's broke down over the last couple of years, and you're just hoping that he strings together a healthy season. Um, maybe it can it can work out. It's not impossible, but it's not likely. And and that was what happened with Marcus Davenport as well. So um, that was doomed to fail almost from the start and that's exactly what happened with it. And so now you are going into a situation where you do have to sign cousins. I just, I am believe I like, I think you have to do it. Um, I agree for Jefferson, for this offense, for all of it, you have to uh, pay Jefferson. You have to pay Derisaw. You have to pay. Um, you, you might have to pay. You have to make a decision on Daniel Hunter. Um, you have a bunch of outlay, to to you have a bunch of money to spend and that's just on your the people who are you're trying to bring back to a team that was mediocre at best not even counting going out there and finding impact players and so the challenge that quasi faces is being able to play the guys that you need to pay to come back but also finding diamonds in the rough in the draft finding um, you know, players who are underutilized elsewhere who can be really good. I, I think of like, remember when the Vikings signed Linval Joseph from the Giants, who you know, he was in the rotation there and playing, but not a ton. And then he comes here and he's really, he really fantastic. effective. Yeah. Maybe there's something like that that's out there, but that that's there's they don't they're not gonna have the money to go out and sign a major, major free agent. So um how they navigate all of that is going to be critical to any chance they have going into year three, which in the biggest perspective, Jim, year three of Quasi Duffel and Kevin O'Connell is kind of a big one, right? Like, yep. like yep. you got to really show that this team is on the right path going forward for the next five years, or else there's going to be very, very hard questions coming their way on the viability of that tandem uh, for the long haul after after year three. No doubt. All right, let's get to the division and some playoff talk. Uh want to thank Aquarius Home Services. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studios. Here's more on Aquarius Home Services. Scott for Aquarius, wishing you a happy new year. And happy, how can we be only halfway through winter? Want some good news? Now is the time to replace your old furnace and AC with a new high-efficiency whole home heating and cooling system. Because at Aquarius, you can install it now and not pay a penny until next year. Visit AquariusHomeServices.com and schedule your free estimate today. Financing offers subject to available credit. Aquarius. Earning the right to be recommended. I want to thank longtime sponsor of this show and the John Krasinski Show, which is our basketball show at TalkNorth.com. Very popular, especially this year with the Wolves going crazy. TSR Injury Law. Listen, if you're hurt, call 612-TSR-TIME. They'll take good care of you. 612-TSR-TIME. They won't charge you unless they win your case, and they win a lot of cases. That's why they can afford all those billboards, and that's why they can afford to advertise with us because they are killing it. Uh, they take care of people. 612-TSR-TIME. Also, I want to let you know about Twill. TwillMN.com is the website. Twill in the Galleria. This is not a discount show, store. This is not a 
you know, just another national chain that happens to have a store here. This is Scott Dayton's shop. He lives here. He's at the shop every day. He hand selects what's in the shop every day. This is a great time of the year to shop because not only do they have all the stuff I wear for golf and walking around and shorts and nice jeans and, and slacks and all that, but they also have incredible stylish winter gear. You're not going to look like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. You can wear something that looks great with a suit that you can also wear with jeans uh, and it'll be sleek and it'll fit you. Uh, they do tailoring. It's just a great place to shop. TwillMN.com. Check it out. And if you see Scott in the shop, tell him we sent you. And we said hello. He loves talking sports. Uh, he's just just like he's one of us, man. He's out there going to the wild games and the Viking games. Big sports fan. And he happens to run a great business here. Thanks also to Tuttles for hosting so many of our shows. Tuttles is your Vikings headquarters for the best football party. They have great game day specials on Miller Lite and Coors Light tap beer. Tall stadium cups for just five bucks. Plus $5 food specials, including brats, hot dogs, jumbo sloppy joes, and pulled pork sandwiches. If pizza's your thing, get five bucks off any large pizza. Tuttles has cool game day giveaways too, including a free number board with your chance to win a $100 gift card. Take in all the Viking game food, fun, and festivities at Tuttles, Tuttles Bar and Grill in Hopkins. Go, Vikes! All right, so the division, Jordan Love is coming on strong. Uh, the Packers have an incredibly young roster, especially in terms of offensive skill position. They seem to be going in the right direction. The Bears have the ability to transform their roster uh, either with two draft picks or by trading Justin Fields. Uh, the the Lions look like they're for real, and the Vikings struggle through this season. Uh, it, and, and it's going to be it's going to be a really interesting division for years to come. And let's start off by talking about the NFL playoffs with two NFC North teams in it. I love these matchups. It's almost like, you know, a golf uh, tournament pairing interesting people together. Packers at Cowboys. So Packers going to see Mike McCarthy. Uh, and then you have Rams against Lions. Matthew Stafford coming back to face the Lions. Let's start with Packers-Cowboys. Uh, fascinating matchup. Of course, the Cowboys are favored and should win. They're playing at home. But the Packers are playing well enough, and the Cowboys are unreliable enough that I could actually see this being a game. I absolutely could see it being a game, Jim. Um you know, I, I do not trust the Cowboys in the playoffs. Now, um, they they have had a very good season. They have a ton of talent, way more talent than Green Bay does. Um, and and I think they're, you know, they should. They always play. They do play well at home. And so they should win and win comfortably. But we have seen the Cowboys fall flat on their faces time and time again in the playoffs. And so I will believe in the Cowboys when I see a reason to believe in them. Now, I don't think Green Bay is that good. Um, you know, Jordan Love has definitely played much, much better in the second half of the season, and that looks promising. Um, but I think their defense is just okay. I think their offensive line is just okay. Um, their skill position guys are just okay. And and so um they shouldn't win this game but when you look at them going into a game like this as the decided underdog against a team that does wilt under pressure a lot i think that this can be right in all the way to the end i still take the cowboys but um this is i i don't think this is going to be a cakewalk for them i think this is going to be a battle and and there's going to be some tense moments for mccarthy for cowboys fans just wondering if they're going to blow it again 
Rams at Lions is fascinating because I think the Lions are legitimate. I don't think there need to be any asterisks next to their season. They're a very good offensive team. They make enough plays on defense. They're tough. Uh, they're aggressive. They're well-coached. I've really become a fan of Dan Campbell and their whole operation. But the Rams are scary. Uh, the mm-hmm. Rams have – I mean, Matthew Stafford is slinging it. Now they have two excellent receivers on the outside. Uh, they have a running back who's highly productive. They still have Aaron Donald. This, to me, is a really tough draw uh, for the Lions. Really tough. I mean, to think about it, like you get the Lions, you get a home playoff game for the first time in forever. It's been a renaissance season. Um, everything is kind of fallen in their favor. And then they get a Super Bowl winning coach quarterback combination coming in for the first game. Also, they the that quarterback is the guy who spent forever for their franchise. And so if you're talking about kind of cosmic uh, demons, ghosts, whatever it is that, that, that are lining up, it's all against the lions. And, and I want to take just one second, Jim, to like really give the Rams their flowers on this season. Because remember, like we thought this was the end for the Rams. We thought that Sean McVay wanted to retire and work in TV we thought that Stafford was over the hill. We thought that that all of their, um, you, you know, uh, well, that's need the GM's F them picks kind of approach and just going out and and trading picks for every for every um, available veteran was going to finally come back to bite them. And here they are. They're 10 and seven going into a winnable game on the road in the playoffs um, against the Lions. And so a remarkable kind of bounce back year for the Rams, you know, and, 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 and being able to get to this point and navigate that it's just a a really big accomplishment that said, um, I, I love Detroit in this game and in this division over the long haul. I love their front office. I love their coaching staff. I think they are the most well-run organization in the NFC North right now, um, which sounds like, ridiculous to say and it's just like saying the Timberwolves are the best team in the Western Conference like like that that the, it, it they should not belong in the same sentence but I think that's where the Lions are right now so I think they will find a way to win but I think that this is another one that's going to be um walking over hot coals to make it happen and you know we'll see what happens later on in the playoffs we'll see what happens with with Laporta that with that injury and all that I think that hurts them but I think the Lions are going to find a way uh, but this is not going to be pleasant. This is going to be a tense one as well. And it's going to set up the Lions for some long-term success in this division. No doubt. All right, let's buzz through the rest of the games. Browns at Texans, to me, the least interesting of these games, except for the fact that C.J. Stroud is brilliant and Joe Flacco is somehow still standing up. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I love what a job by Kevin Stefanski um, yeah. at the, with the Browns because, look, the Vikings had a revolving door at quarterback and it, absolutely just decimated them and 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 caused them to flatline uh Stefanski has dealt with the exact same issues uh with his quarterback and here he is um you know at 11 and 6 and and in in a decided favorite in the playoffs against the Texans who are feisty um and and I I I love I want to see how CJ Stroud reacts in his first playoff game I think Cleveland's defense is too big and too tough so I think they end up winning the game. But uh, a little hat tip to Stefanski for a heck of a coaching job 
to get that team to 11 and six with the quarterback issues with Nick Chubb being out all, all season long. Um, great work by him. No doubt. Dolphins at Chiefs. Fascinating game. Uh, we don't know how good or tough the Dolphins are. And the Chiefs have been a mess all year. And yet, do you really want to go against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs? I, I don't want to go against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. But if there's ever a year that you do, this is it. But I don't know that this is the opponent that does it. Um, mm-hmm. Miami is so fast. Um, but I don't trust Tua. Um, and and I, I think they've they haven't beaten enough really good teams. It seems like when they come, come against a really good team, they struggle. I don't think that Kansas city is really good, but I think they're good enough to win this game. I don't, I, I don't think Kansas city is going to go to the super bowl this year, but I think they're good enough to win this game and, and, and advance. But uh, I think I like Baltimore. I like Buffalo. I even might, might like Cleveland a little bit more than Kansas city um, in, in, in these playoffs. Uh, but I, I do not like, uh, the Dolphins more than Kansas City. Agreed. Steelers at Bills. Uh, Mike Tomlin yeah. found a way to get to his, te- his team in the playoffs again. Another winning season. It's ridiculous. And the Bills, I, I don't know what to think of the Bills, but man, they are they're interesting. They are interesting. And it, it, it's kind of like, um, you know, the Bills and, and, and the Chiefs are two superstar quarterbacks, but and and they're both eleven and six, and like that's that's a good record. You're like, all right, that's that's a pretty good season. But there are so many games that they've had this year. Like, Ugh, is it? You know, what do you think? Can you do it? But I th- I think the Bills have the highest ceiling, the 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 highest variance between ceiling and floor in the playoffs. They could easily lose to a very underwhelming Pittsburgh Steelers team and Mason Rudolph in round one. They could go to the Super Bowl. Like that's. That's the 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 discrepancy between them. I guess I will take Buffalo um, at home in this one, but uh, I don't feel good about it. I certainly wouldn't bet on it. Last game, and thanks to everyone for listening. We do appreciate it. We'll be continuing the show every week of the offseason because there are always things to talk about in the NFL. Eagles at Bucks. The Eagles have fallen apart completely. Now Hurts has an injured passing hand. The Buccaneers, you know, credit to them. I didn't think they were good. And they came in here and they stole that first game for the Vikings. And it really it really made a big difference in how those seasons progressed. But, it, you know, they know how to play defense. Mayfield has been good. Uh, Mike Evans is still – they still have very good receiving talent. They have a good young back. Uh, they're problematic. I'm, I'm actually going to pick the Bucs. I just don't like the way the Eagles are playing right now. Yeah, you know, it's funny um, because you look at these two teams and you say, Eagles, ugh, man. They have just played terribly. They're so underwhelming, um, been disappointing. They do have these injuries they're going into. But yet, you know, they are 11 and 6. Um, they play in a tough division, and and they got through that, and and they have the home field. But then you say, Bucks, what a great season. Hey, they, you know, Baker Mayfield, um, you know, this has been good. Boy, they're dangerous going to play. They're 9 and 8. Like, they, they're not that good. Like, they, right. they, 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 but they, it's all perception in how, um, you shake out and they played in a terrible division and they just barely won it by the skin of their teeth. Now I'm with you though, Jim, because like, maybe I trust Baker Mayfield's just health a little bit more like Jalen hurts. I saw the finger on his throwing hand. Like it's not supposed to bend that way. So, no. um, so I might, I might like the bucks, um, a little bit more in this game, but I, I, I will just, I'm going to go the other way. We've agreed a lot on this. I'm going to take Philly because I think their overall talent roster from top to bottom is going to be enough to win 
this game, even though they are not playing very well, just because I just don't think the Bucks are very good. Um, and um, and so a, both of neither of these teams are very good. So I'm going to take the, the the less very good team at home versus the just mediocre team on the road. It's going to be interesting. Uh, thanks to everyone who listens. We appreciate it. Check out all the other shows at TalkNorth.com, including Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider and Don Mitchell's Dawn of Sports. And we'll talk to you next week.